We thank God for it. Let's give him. He's not a stranger to this poor bit by no man's. Let's give him a good Bendale welcome. Come on, just keep clapping for Jesus. Ah, oh, he's worthy, ain't he? Hallelujah. Great is our God and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. We magnify your name, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't think I'm going to sing. But and, uh, I got the clock up there on the chapter 7 o'clock already. And I'll try not to hold you till 9 or 9.30. And uh, y'all didn't even bobble. Hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't even get a church. Praise God. So, uh, but uh, God is good to us. Thank you, Pastor Moore, for... Allowing me or, you know, giving me opportunity. Not that I really seek an opportunity. Uh, he kind of told me back a few years ago what he was going to do and when it was my time. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, he's my pastor and I just, whatever he says to do, that's what I'm going to do. Now, if I'm going to have authority with God, I've got to put myself under authority here. If you want God to move the mountain in your life, then you've got to submit yourself to the authority that God's placed in your life. That's why the ruler says, hey, I... I'm a man under authority, and I have authority. And you ain't got to come to my house. And because he understood the concept of, a, of authority, most of the time, if you don't have anybody over you, <clears throat> you really don't have anybody under you. You're kind of like an island. You're sailing on your own little boat, but it don't affect nobody but you and your world. Well, praise God. And so we're in the kingdom of God, and we want to affect our, our world by the word of God and by the spirit of God that he's given us. Praise God. So I'm going to read some verses and uh, stuff, and we're going to see what I can do with this. Some of this stuff's been, it's been bouncing around in my heart spirit and for a number of weeks and I hadn't done anything with it it's just been there it's just been part of my in prayer that things come I don't know how you are but sometimes things they just I get things just start coming like a you know them little things and I think they call them a kaleidoscope or whatever you want to call that thing and you put it up there and look at the and you turn it and it'll give you all different kind of pictures it's just like kind of like one of them that you just turn in it pretty fast, and it's kind of like that's what kind of goes through my head and my mind and my heart. I thank God that He gave me a desire to read when I was able to retain, and the things that I read when I was really young and after I first got come back to the Lord, that uh, those things pretty much have stuck. So, young people, listen to Brother Ford. Read the Bible. I even thought about, I told him, I said, I'm even thinking about in the Sunday school class and maybe on youth service night, ask you how many chapters you read that week. We used to do that every Sunday school, every Sunday morning. You told them how many. Now, I might read 10 or 15 on the way to church to Brother Pages from here. And they might be all the little bitty psalms, because you get back there, you know, around 117 and 120 and 121, 123 and all of them, and, and on back there, well, hey, that's a short one, isn't it, brother? Hey, hallelujah. And, you know, you could get a bunch of them, and you read them fast as you can, but invariably, the reading of the Word of God sticks. 
Some of the things that I quote today is because I read them then as a child. They stuck. They stuck. So tonight I'm just going to try to just try to talk a little bit if I can and uh, try not to be real long because we got a we got a baptism service. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now I may I may just cut it real short and uh, you know just give you the highlights. I don't even know what to name it. I told them I give them a couple of names. I don't know what they're going to put up there when they do. But uh, let's go to Book of Romans and. Uh, Anybody familiar with the eighth chapter of Romans? And uh, man, you read chapters six and seven, especially seven, you're needing chapter eight. <laughs> you're, you're needing chapter eight. And uh, and so here it, here it says, says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And I want to just go on down. I'm not going to read all of it. I may read most of this or go through it in just a little bit. But right now I want to read, uh, let's see, verse number 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be... That the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. I'd like to go to verse 16. Verse 16 says, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of of God. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And let's go down and read verse, let's say, verse 26 and 27. I was going to wait on 26, but I'll go ahead and read it now. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Well, hallelujah. <clears throat> so let's, uh, let me read one more that I wrote down just lately. Proverbs 20 and 27, I'll let you be seated. I got some more I could read, but I can read them with you sitting down. Proverbs 20, 27. The spirit of the man, or spirit of man, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Searching all the inward parts of the belly. And if I could talk to us tonight, I want to talk to us about the need or being led by or walking by the Spirit. Listening to what the Spirit would have us to be and do. Not just to uh, say, well, I got the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost. No, 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 no. Are you really walking in the spirit of faith? 
And are you letting that spirit pray through you and in you? Are you making intercession? Are you just making supplications? And so, just let's just pray and ask God to help me and help me to kind of just bring to, to the fore what I'm trying to get out to you tonight. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you for your truth, your wonderful love. Thank you for the power of the word of God, for the word of faith, for the word of truth. God, I ask you, Lord, to let your word go forth and touch hearts and minds, touch their lives and their souls tonight, God, that they might hear the word of God. Lord, we need you like we've never needed you before. So, God, help us to walk by faith and not by sight, to hear what the Spirit would say unto us today in the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. Help me do a good job in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you want to be seated, clap your hands unto the Lord one more time. If you want to stand, don't clap your hands. Hallelujah. If you feel like you've been sitting too long. And I don't think you feel like that. Praise God. And so, uh, uh, you know, this stuff's been rattling around <laughs> in my head for quite a while. Uh, just uh, some of the scriptures that I've read to you tonight. And uh, <clears throat> one of the scriptures talks about if you go to Corinthians, for one uh 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 14, but we'll read verse 11. It says, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the spirit of God. And so I read the previous verse that the spirit of man is... The candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. And so there is in man that that spirit that God gave when he breathed into him the breath of life. And man became a living soul and he was created in God's likeness and his image. Male and female created he them. And he placed them in a, in a perfect place. And, you know, in the span of time that the enemy came and, and one commandment, one commandment given, they could not keep. And so the enemy came in and there was a seducing spirit. And Pastor Moore has been doing a phenomenal job for the last, I don't know, it's 19 or 20 weeks. I'm telling you just a phenomenal job on doctrine. Hallelujah. And uh, if, you, if you hadn't been listening to it, you need to go and listen to every one of them. Well, praise God, because I'm telling you, you're not going to make it without doctrine. And you've got to have sound doctrine. And, and some of the stuff that this, this is, uh, is birthed from is the contentious things uh, that, well, it don't say it just like that. And, and uh, how come y'all keep this and you keep that? And, and even among our own ranks, we see things kind of, you know, slipping in and stuff. And, uh, and, uh, and you wonder about those things. And so I got, a, I got another scripture that I want to uh, read to us. It's 2 Corinthians 3 and 6. Let's go ahead and read that and get that out of the way because I may just talk about all this stuff and let you just kind of, you know, let this stuff kind of marinate on your mind. He says, and verse 5 says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. And so when we read Romans, the 8th chapter, with a backdrop of 6 and 7, and it's talking about how that, the law 
It told us that there's some things out there that's sinful. And because of the law, sin became exceeding sinful. Not that the law was unholy, but because of the law, we died. Because the commandment said the day that you eat of it, the law, you shall what? You shall surely die. And so death came upon mankind. And since that time, everybody is living under a sentence of death or even, uh, oh, don't let me get ahead of myself, but, but uh, uh, you, you, you were placed under death. And so when you're born, uh, and uh, you say, well, that's a little angel right there. No, uh, them things back there on their shoulder blades, them little babies, them ain't angel wings. Hallelujah. Them's, you know, them's, them's the shoulder blades. Hallelujah. And, uh, and uh, if, if they got anything at all, they got, you can't see them yet. It's like a little spiked deer. Hallelujah. He's going to have some horns. He ain't got them yet. But they're waiting to appear. And so uh, we're under, a, a, we're born and, and, and the psalmist put it this way. He said, I was born and shapen in iniquity. And then sin and my mother conceived me. And so we understand that from that fall that there was a need of salvation. There was a need of a perfect sacrifice which Jesus Christ came and he supplied that. All of the years of sacrifice, it just rolled their sins ahead. And it rolled them and rolled them and rolled them and rolled them and rolled them ahead until there was a mountain of sin. And I sometimes say, could it be that he said, if you have a faith as a, of a grain of mustard seed, you should say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into yonder sea, and it should obey you, that he was looking at a mountain of sin that he was fixing to destroy and triumph over. And from the book of Genesis, from the first verse all the way to the last verse in Revelation. When the blood of Jesus Christ was spilled, there was a great earthquake, and the veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom, and there was an entrance made into the holiest of all by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the sacrifice thereof. And the blood of Jesus went both ways. It went to the former sea, and it went to the hinder sea. It goes all the way back to Adam and it goes all the way to the last soul that will be brought in in the last day. The blood of Jesus is enough. It is efficacious today to cleanse every sin that you can imagine except the sin of blaspheme against the Holy Ghost. Now there's a lot of conjecture about what that entails but, but I don't want to get into that but uh, you look at verses uh, chapter 6 and 7, and 7 especially paints kind of a bleak picture. But the, the law came and it says, hey, you're dead. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, hey, but the, the, the spirit come that you could be alive. And, and we see a war in our members when I would do good. Evil is present with me. And then when you read the first verse of chapter 8, it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit I'm telling you that today you're going to walk in this world and your flesh is with you. God didn't sanctify or he didn't uh, uh, make your flesh perfect and he didn't make your flesh uh, glorified and he didn't do something, um, you know, uh, mystical uh, in a sense if you want to put it that way. But you're still in that flesh of death. And if the Lord don't come back pretty soon, you're going to die and be buried. Because death is working in your members. And so if, uh, if you read a little bit further, and we're going to read through some of this and just look at it, uh, there is a process to them who are in Christ Jesus. Now, it says here, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Number two, for the second verse says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Well, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. I mean, you know that Eli wasn't a very good priest, but he was the high priest. And his sons that followed him, they weren't very good either. And there have been some others, they weren't that good either because the weakness of the flesh. That's why Jesus Christ, anybody ever heard of Melchizedek? Now, this ain't in my notes, and it just, there's one of them rabbits, right? 
And if God didn't want me to run them, he wouldn't put them out there for me to run them. Hallelujah. That's the way I look at it. Everybody else don't want to run them, but I'll run them. Hallelujah. I'll chase them down and give them a good shot. Hallelujah. Or put them in my basket, whatever the case may be. But, but Melchizedek, Jesus Christ, didn't come after the order of the Aaronic priesthood, but after the order of Melchizedek, who was without father, without mother, without descent, in the priesthood, and possibly even was not, I don't know if he was a theophany, I don't know if he was an angel sent from God, but he said, consider how great a man this man was. And so king of Salem, and, uh, but anyway, be that as it may, and so Jesus Christ is after an endless priesthood, not one that dies in the flesh and not one that's weak in the flesh that couldn't help and take away sin. But this man Christ Jesus, in that he came and he didn't come like anybody else. Hey, his mama conceived the child of the Holy Ghost and she bared a child of the Holy Ghost and his name was called Jesus who shall save his people from their sin. Not in your sin that you got to walk in sin and that you think, oh, well, you know, uh, uh, I'm a sinner, and it don't hurt. I got to sin a little bit every day. No, no, that's a lie from the pits of hell. You ain't got to sin every day. But because the law of the Spirit says you mortify the deeds of the flesh by the Spirit. But you're living in a body of death. And you're living in a body of sin if it's not mortified. The sin is present with you, so I find a law in my members when I it's sin or evil is present with Why is it? Because my flesh in itself is evil. Your righteousness is filthy rags. It, it cannot be made any better except when the blood of Jesus is applied and he sees you through the blood and he makes your heart and he makes your spirit perfect. And then when he comes again, hey, listen to me now, the baptism with which you're buried with now, it is a baptism with Christ, not like him, not a, a similitude of being baptized or buried in the grave. No, he said you're buried with him. And so when you go down in a watery grave in Jesus' name, you're buried and the seed of your life is buried, so to speak, and the seed of the Spirit so that it can come forth and it can walk in newness of life and it can take that old carnal man and make it submit in to the will of the spirit that is in you that's why John when he talks about sin we have an advocate with the father if any man sin not when any man sins but if he sin and so we read these things and sometimes they they war against our minds but God gave us the Holy Ghost for a purpose now it talks about uh, in, the, in the 14th chapter of of 1 Corinthians, it talks about the gifts of the Spirit. In the 12th chapter of Corinthians, it talks about the things of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, and the workings of the Spirit. Let me look at that real quick. Am I going too fast for you? Hallelujah. It's 7.30 already. I didn't spend a long time, and I didn't even realize it. Let's go. Hallelujah. So now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not that you be ignorant. And... Uh, and so he goes on, he says, Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God causes Jesus a curse, that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, where did that come from? Well, Jesus taught about that, right? If we look, and if we look at Luke, and we go to Luke uh, chapter 24, I think it is. Let's look at that. Chapter 24. Verse 46, I, I don't think I gave you that, but that's okay. Luke chapter 24 and 36 says, And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. Now, we got a baptism service, but that's not why I'm reading this, but uh, it's, it's still just part. Uh, you, can't, you can't pray, and, and the thing is, for us to be effectual and to walk in the way that God wants us to walk, we got to have the Holy Ghost. And you can't operate in the gifts of the Spirit without the Holy Ghost. Because all of them come by that one and self-same Spirit. Well, hallelujah. So if you're going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, which when God comes back and He comes for a church and He's gave them gifts and He can't find none of those gifts, 
He's not going to accept that bride. You could fool yourself and think it's all right, but it ain't going to happen. He's not going to accept that. He's going to give you gifts of the Spirit. And he's going to give you fruit of the Spirit. He don't find any of the fruit on the tree. Guess what? He's going to say, hew it down and burn it and cast it into the fire. He said, why cumbereth it the ground? He gave precedence in his word of how he'll deal with certain things. It is imperative that we follow the word of God and we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost exactly like the word of God says so that we can operate in the gifts of the Spirit and so that the Holy Ghost or the Spirit itself maketh intercession with, for us, it says, with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, how can you pray in the Spirit if you don't have it? And so Luke says, so it is written in, Thus it behooved Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Now, we know that in the book of Acts, it tells him, he says, you know what? I want you to go and wait for the promise of the Father. He said, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. Verse 5, not many days hence. And so he said, but tarry ye in Jerusalem till ye be endued with power from on high. And you know what the book of, uh, the second chapter of the book of Acts says? And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, he said, they were with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Now, you don't have to be doing gymnastics and, you know, all that kind of stuff to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, uh, it takes it sometimes maybe because sometimes your flesh will get in the way and God may exact of you some things he may not exact of me because of pride. I'm not God. Nobody can fill you with the Holy Ghost but the man Christ Jesus or the very God of glory. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And Jesus said, he says, you know, the, the comforter which my father will send in my name. And then he says, the comforter which I will send. He says, don't be worried. He says, I will come to you. And so he's letting you know, I am that comforter. I am that Holy Ghost. I'm going to come up my own will and my own volition. Because he said, and Matthew said, Behold, all power in heaven and earth is given to me this day. So he's got all power in heaven and earth. Ain't nobody else got no power but Jesus. That's why you do all you do in word or deed. You do all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Why? Because he is still. He is still the intermediary between me and you. He is still at the right hand of the majesty on high. He is the revealed arm of the Lord. That he, It's just like he rolled up his sleeve and said, I'm going to make bare my arm and I'm going to show you what I use to create all creation. My power is Jesus Christ that I've revealed finally. That's why it says when the fullness of time was come. Because God's got a plan always. And so the day of Pentecost come, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And there appeared in them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set up on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues, with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every uh, nation. I turned it all the way back to Romans. Out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad. Now, a lot of people, and I've said this lately, I think, if not to you, maybe at youth service or wherever, but when the Holy Ghost was poured out, there was 120 people in the upper room. Nobody else was privy to what happened up there but them that were there. It was after it was noised abroad. I don't know how long it took, but the multitude came together. 
And after they came together, then they heard them speak. But there was nobody but the 120 in the upper room, and the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues came, and they all received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of kick in the world against uh, stuff, and Paul himself even, you know, he had to calm them down a little bit in the 14th chapter of Corinthians because if you're not careful, You'll think just because you got a gift from God that it makes you something in the kingdom of God. But if you read that, it tells you that the, the, the comely parts and the uncomely parts and, and this part ain't no better than that part and I can't make it without my thumb because I can't pick up anything with this hand without my thumb. And my little finger, if it ain't there, I can't pick up quite as much and I'm hampered and it just bothers you. If your middle finger is gone like... My cousin over there lost his middle finger. He tries to put something in his hand and it falls out. It just goes through that crack and he can't, he can't, he can't close up that crack and he can't hold stuff in his hand. So uh, we're members one of another. You're not more important than anybody else. God has placed you in the body as pleases him to place you where he can have the most benefit of you in the body. But to be a part of the body, you got to come through the book of Acts in the chapter 2. Or... After the Samaritans and then Cornelius and his household. They all came the same way. Got it the same way. And so, and so to, to walk in the spirit and for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sent in his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Because I've got something in me now. He said, I am with you, but I shall be in you. And he baptized me with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Because Moses seen it on the backside of the desert. <laughs> Hallelujah. He heard a voice. And he, woo, this burning bush, it ain't being consumed. I've seen it before, they say. Now, I don't know. I've never been over there. I don't know if a bush just combusts, you know, just automatically by heat on the desert. Just, I can imagine it could happen. If you've ever been through Death Valley, it's hot there. Hallelujah. But anyway, they say it wasn't an uncommon thing. But he said, when it wasn't consumed, he turned to see. And the Lord spoke unto him out of the burning bush. Now, what you've got to be able to do is to hear and listen to what the voice of God is going to say. Because if you can't hear the word of God, you can't be saved. How then shall they preach? If they're not sin. For faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of the Lord. And it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching. To save them that. Believe. Now just because you believe. Don't mean you're saved. I want you marriage to hit me in the back. I don't know why I can't figure out the question. Praise God. Just, but. But you got to have the Holy Ghost. You don't really, you really don't understand what you're missing until you, until you get it and experience it for yourself. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so, I'll never forget Brother Reby Bankston talking about how that God brought him in. And he went from this place, from, he got, um, he said, I had whiskey in each pocket money to buy more. He said, and I was at a, a little place, and he said, God convicted me there. He said, but I didn't stay there because something kept drawing me, and I got to reading the Word of God. He said, the next day, he said, I had to get in that same car with all them folks cussing and blowing their cigarette smoke in my face and all that stuff. But God cleaned me up. He said, right there at the back of that little, I think it was a Baptist mission, he said, right there, the convicting power, because the Word of God is quick and powerful. doesn't matter from who it comes. If you'll let it, it'll do something in your heart and your spirit because it don't need help. The Word of God is forever settled in heaven. It'll never pass away. It is truth. It is life. It is Jesus Christ. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He is the Word of God. And so every Everything that was created was created by the Word of God. 
which is Christ Jesus. He can't be separated. This God, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. And so, and thou shalt worship, love, praise him with all thine heart, soul, mind, and strength. And that's why in, in Deuteronomy, when he says, the word is nigh thee, it's even in thy mouth. Why did he say that? Because you go beside every day while you're walking beside him in the way. When you rise up in the morning, hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord Jehovah, our Jehovah, our God is one Jehovah. Well, hallelujah. And every day you tell them, you can't do this. You don't do that. Uh, don't commit adultery. Don't do this. Uh, and you tell it to them. By the way, when you're walking in the way, when you stop in the evening, when you stop at night, and before you lay down, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, he's one. And I'm going to praise him with all of my heart, with all of my soul, with all of my strength. Because it's coming a day when it's no longer going to be a tabernacle in the wilderness. And it's no longer going to be a, a tablet of stone. But it's going to be a law that is written in your heart. It's going to be a law after the Spirit. And the Spirit of the law of life in Christ hath made us free from the law of sin and death. Because it brought sin and it brought death. But the Spirit of Christ brought life. And Paul, and Paul says it this way. The law is holy and the commandment was holy. He said, God forbid that it was unholy. No. But it was death and working death in my members until I got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> well, praise God. Okay, let's do it this way. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. And I pray all the time. I said, God, thank you for, I thank God for the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the Holy Ghost. I thank you for the Holy Ghost. Just help me to, help me to somehow to, to get in the spirit. I want to, I just want to somehow in my prayer, in my praise, in my worship, I want to get outside of who I am. I want to lose uh, the cognizant dissonance of my mind that 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 understanding of the carnal man and that thing that uh, you'll just uh, if you're not careful you'll find yourself at uh, some mornings you know because I know brother morning's going to come I say well it's about time for them to come and, and, I, and I'll be prayed for a while I said whoo because he scared me a couple of mornings I didn't realize he he's here I remember one morning I was walking there and all of a sudden I seen somebody running Hallelujah. That's why I like to get here about an hour before they do or so, sometimes more, sometimes less. And, uh, and that, I got that time when I don't have to worry about hardly anybody being here. Brother Nathan comes some mornings. He comes from work and stops in. But I don't have to worry about it, and I can, I can kind of get myself into a, into a place where, where, where God can talk to my spirit, where my spirit can pray, and where the spirit that is in me, I don't know what I ought to pray for as I ought, but the spirit, it knows, and the candle that is in me, my own spirit, if I'll just let that light of my own spirit show God where I'm hurting and where I'm lacking, and let him look at every part of my life, he will heal me in my spirit and in my mind and make me powerful in the kingdom of God not for my sake but for the kingdom's sake there's so many people how many people do you know that's just wrapped up in, in drugs and different kind of things and just can't seem to get loose are you okay with that I said are you okay with that Souls in this house need the Holy Ghost. Are you okay with them walking out of here without it? I'm not. I'm not. Paul said, knowing the time, that it is high time for us to wake out of slumber and sleep. And knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Because nobody preached about the place of torments and hell, but Jesus Christ. The Old Testament, it made, uh, you know, it talked about uh, Hades. It talked about 
the place of the dead or the abode of the dead. And hell hath enlarged itself beyond measure because all the dead. And uh, it's going to meet you, uh, oh Satan. But there's a place that Jesus came and he talked about. And he said, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. I'm telling you, if you had to come down here screaming. If you had to come down here and just make a spectacle of yourself. I would make sure I got the Holy Ghost. It wouldn't matter how I looked. It wouldn't matter how they thought about me. If I needed the Holy Ghost, I would cry. I would kick. I would beg. I would plead. I would call on God. I would get a hold of myself. And I would seek after God. Because there's a place coming that you're not going to be able to stand. And only God can make it just as bad the first two seconds as it's going to be a million years later. Ain't going to be no getting used to it. Now that's not what I come to talk about. I, I promise I didn't. I just want to try to, I want to talk about praying in the Holy Ghost. I want to talk about, I, I want us to kind of understand that when God fills us with the Holy Ghost, we have an inside track with God. That, that we're not like the, the religious worlds. We're not like the religious people. Hallelujah. But we are the chosen and elect of God. Only, I said it a while ago, only God can fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. They may fake it. You may try to help them and jiggle their chin and do kind of stuff and help them say they got it, but they'll walk out of here and they'll be a child of hell before long because they didn't get anything that would make them an overcomer, that would give them the power of God in their lives, and they're still walking in the flesh. Does that make sense? For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because a carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. That's verse 7 in chapter 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Can't. I'm sorry. Well, Brother Ford, you look like you're still in the flesh. I hit my finger, it hurts. Anybody ever hit your finger with a hammer? If it didn't hurt, you didn't have a very big hammer. What you need to get is get you about a, a two-pound maul and let that baby strike it against something hard. I promise you, you'll feel that. Hallelujah. But look here. It's called the carnal mind is enmity against God for it's not subject. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh... But in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And there's, there is that receiving the Holy Ghost. There is that that happens when you receive the Holy Ghost. And they all spake with tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. It still comes that way. God hadn't changed his mind about how he done it. He done it that way with the Samaritans. He done it that way with the, with the uh, Gentiles. He done that way with the disciples of John the Baptist that had been baptized. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He said, we ain't even heard there be a Holy Ghost. He said, under what baptism? He said, under John's baptism. He said, oh, you got to be baptized, right, boy? Hallelujah. And so they went down in the name of Jesus. And so every single thing that God has instituted, the death, burial, and resurrection, it cannot be deviated from not one wit or one iota. Zero, zip, none. Just like the tabernacle, just like the ark in the wilderness. You can't say, well, I believe God. and I, No, no, no. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Did you build the ark? Well, you can't work it. No, it's not by works that any man should boast. That is exactly right. Because it's the works of the law. That's why Paul said it plainly. He says, no man shall be saved by the works of the law. But he's got to be saved by the Spirit of Christ and the works of the Spirit in him that causes him to overcome the works in the flesh because death is in your member and you're still in that flesh and you were still born under the Adamic nature which you still got, but he gives you the Holy Ghost which is the second Adam, the Spirit of him that trumps the first Adam. 
Does that make sense? Am I going too fast? Am I going too slow? You want me to quit? Somebody say something. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Shake your head. Hallelujah. And uh, this stuff been eating me up. I said, God, I can't just live dry. I got, I got to have that river of living water. That's why Ezekiel said, I saw it coming out of the right side of the temple. He said, and the man had a measuring line in his hand. He said, measure. He said it was to the ankles. He measured so many furlongs. And I think it says it comes out to about a, a third of a mile or a quarter of a mile. I forget what it was. He said, measure again. It comes to the, you know, it was at the ankles. Then it comes to the, to the thighs and to the knees and then to the, to the loins. And, and then it come up to the breast. He said, then he measured again another half a mile, a quarter of a mile or whatever it was. He said, it had become a river that could not be crossed over. He said, and everything, he said, it went and it went out to the rivers and it went out to the seas. That river went out and it touched other bodies of water. And when it did and it went into the seas and everything that it touched, it was healed. But the marshy places and the places where the river couldn't run, where the current couldn't get, he said, it was like salt. It was like Solomon Gomorrah. It was still wasted away. It was still no good. Friend, you better get off of the sideline and get away from the marshy places and get away from a place you think is safe and get in a stream of water out of your belly shall flow rivers 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 of living water I have water to drink that you know not of I got a well that you had never drank of lady he that drinketh of this water shall never thirst again there's something about the Holy Ghost it'll drive you to a place in God where he can use you in authority and might and strength because his body the church everybody say his body now where his body went what did he do where his body went what happened except in his own country brother Quinn Said he'd done not many mighty miracles there because of unbelief. Because they couldn't get past that he was Joseph's son, they thought. And that he was Mary's and a carpenter's son. Oh, we know who his brothers are and his mom and daddy. He said, and a prophet is not without honor saving his own house and his own country. He said he did not mighty miracles there because of that. Did you know... That if you're not careful, you'll sit right here in this church and you'll allow the devil to steal from you the things that God has meant for you to have and sit here for years and waste away without the power and the glory of God manifesting itself in your life. And that's not what God had meant for the church. His church is powerful. His church is mighty. His church is strong. It works miracles. It works miracles, signs and wonders. Well, I've got off my notes a little bit, but I'm still somewhere around that. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, I got to quit. It's almost 8 o'clock. Hallelujah. I've been going an hour nearly. Praise God. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead, verse 11. And did I read 10? And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Because he said, not having your own righteousness. He said, but the righteousness... That is of God through Christ Jesus. So in other words, like Abraham, he laid down his coat when that smoking furnace and all that went between the pieces. And he had, he said he became called the friend of God. He, there's a process that goes through that. And, and you lay down your coat and put on his cloak. And so Abraham had to lay down what he... Hallelujah. And so when Jesus came and he died on the cross, he said, you know what? I laid down my life. He said, and you can't keep the law, but I did. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can't do all of that. He said, but I can. Hey, you might fall short, but I didn't. And I won't. Hallelujah. And so he took off his robe. He took off of his. Hey, hallelujah. He said, I'm going to give you what I got. Hallelujah. You just put on my righteousness and cover up what you got. Well, hallelujah. Right there take off your robe of unrighteousness which is as filthy rags and put on this and cover yourself with what I got because your fig leaves won't work Adam type of shadow 
If you can't back up what you preach in the New Testament, what you say is in the New Testament with what's in the Old Testament, your doctrine is false. But it's a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your, everybody say mortal. Which one is that? By his spirit that dwelleth on you. No. Oh, it's up there on the wall. I can't fool y'all no more. By his spirit that dwelleth in you. Let me say this again. I don't know how, how I can say it any different. You can't walk in the carnality of your own mind and spirit. You've got to let the Holy Ghost reign. Let not sin therefore Rain. R-E-I-G-N. Is that the way you spell it? R-E-I-G-N. No, R-E-I-G-N. That's right. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body. What body? That one. Mortal. You're not immortal. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. Does that make sense? It's the word of God. I'm reading this. For if the life, for if we live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are... Led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage or slavery again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Dada, Daddy, Daddy. Father, Father. Spirit adoption. Why would you cry? Why would a cry be made? What's that cry about? There was a sound that came down from the upper room when the Holy Ghost. And suddenly there came a sound and they were all. And when a baby's born, they. God's not deaf and dumb. When he comes in, he lets you know he'll speak for himself. He don't need your help. Okay. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God because there is something in man. When God created us in his likeness and his image and he breathed his breath, He breathed spirit into man. And man became a living soul. The spirit itself bears within our spirits. We are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs of Christ Jesus, that we may also be glorified together. Uh-oh. That's that G word. We might be glorified together. For I reckon the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, right? Not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. So we've got hope. Let's just keep reading. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption unto the glorious liberty of the children of God. For well, we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. And when he comes back, you know what he's coming back after? But in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall all be changed. <laughs> That's why John said it this way. He says, Beloved, it does not yet appear what we shall be. 
but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that crowd when he comes back. Hallelujah. I want to see him just like he is. I don't want to see anything else. I don't want to see something similar to it. I want to see the man Christ Jesus in all of his glory. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. And so it says we all groan. And not only they, but we groan in ourselves for with the redemption of the body. For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, what did he yet hope for? So if you got it, why are you hoping for it? That's like sometimes when you get up, come up here and ask for prayer. The word of God says you're healed. Now, unless you've done something crazy and God's put on you something to keep you in line. Don't just. I know you got to seek and knock and ask until he opens the door. I understand that. But sometimes you got it in your hand and you don't even realize it. Because you can't see past where you are. Paul stepped out of that, out of the bottom of that boat that was about to go down, hadn't seen sun, moon, or star for 14 days and nights. And he steps up on deck and says, hey, guys, get happy. Let's get, woo, let's be of good cheer. Hallelujah. Man, there's a storm. We done throwed everything away, and we're busting up here. We're fixing to go down. Are you crazy? Woo, be of good cheer. He said, for an angel of the Lord, whose I am and to whom I belong, stood by me tonight and says, woo, tell every man it's going to be all right. Be of good cheer. Get happy. Hallelujah. Let's have church. But the storm's still raging. They couldn't see the miracle or the storm. Sometimes we get used to the storm. It's easy to get used to the storm and the way things have been rather than to see the way they're going to be and to get a hold of that hope that is in Christ Jesus. It's 804. I'm watching it. Hallelujah. I don't crucify me yet. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth us. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We have, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we have all men most miserable, but we got hope. In God for that. And Brother Moore says it all the time. He said, I might leave here out of a wheelchair. But one thing for sure, if I'm able, he says, I'm not going to quit praising God. I'm going to pop wheelies in my wheelchair if I can. And if he can, if I'm able, I'm going to help him pop his wheelie if he can't do it for himself. And hopefully he'll do the same for me. But I'm not looking for wheelchairs. It's just an analogy that we use. That we're not going to lose our praise. We're not going to lose our praise. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And so, God brought unto us the Spirit of life by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But all the time, Brother Moore, for them that would live in it, the letter killeth. It's no longer a tablet of stone which brought death and it works death in our members. But it's the law of the Spirit written on the tablet of our heart. He said, I'm going to do something new. I said, I'm going to pour out my Spirit within them. And Isaiah saw it. Ezekiel saw it. Jeremiah, others they spoke about a time that would come. And so, because God has reckoned us to be worthy of His Spirit, He has poured Himself into us that we can also pour out of ourselves life and strength and power and miracles the bread was not and the fishes and loaves were not multiplied 
until the Lord blessed it and broke it. And the meal in the widow's barrel, it didn't multiply until she meted it out to somebody else. And the oil in the cruise, Brother Moore, it would have stayed the same. But when she began to pour it out at the Word of God, you better hear me tonight. If the Word of God tells you to jump up on a stump and holler calf rope and Whatever else, jingle bells or something, I don't care what it is. Some just off the world, just whatever. If it tells you to do that, if you don't do it, you're not getting anywhere with God. But it didn't tell you to do something outlandish, but we make out like it is. Well, I can't do that. I don't understand why they do that. Well, maybe it's because God wants to hedge around about you. I got to stop. Hallelujah. I I didn't get to all of it, but because... um, he said, but, but we don't know what we should pray for as we are, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us. With groanings, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we are, but the Spirit. It's imperative we have the Holy Ghost. Because you can't make intercession for anybody without it. Well, God heard me when I done it. Yep. And that is to bring you to God. But without his spirit, you're none of his. Doesn't change the fact. They're going to stand before him. They'd say, we've done many miracles in your name. He's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. He's not going to look past disobedience. Never has. What makes you think he's going to do it now? Because... Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Behold, I am the Lord thy God. I what? I change not. Forever thy word is settled in heaven. It will never pass away. Thy word is truth. What is truth? He said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And who is this? What is this truth and this God? Who And what is this? Hey, you know what? He says, pure religion, unfathomable from God, Father, just busy with us, sick and home. He says, and cometh down from the Father of lights, in whom is ver- no variableness, neither shadow of turning. There is no variableness in God. He don't ever change. He's true. Truth can't be added to. It can't be taken away from. You can't mess with it. You can't tinker with it. You can't say, well, I think, no, no, no. What you think is filthy rags. It's no good. Think what God thinks. Well, how am I going to do that? Get the Holy Ghost. That's why I said, you don't have any need that any man should teach you. Not that you don't listen to teaching and have a man of God over you and preach the word of God to come forth. But you got the Holy Ghost that will help you and make you understand the things of God. Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. So I'm just going to stop right there. I hope I said something that would help you. But, but when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, for by one spirit are you all baptized into one body. And you can't, you, can't, you can't operate in the gifts of the spirit without the Holy Ghost. Because that's the spirit that gives us gifts of the spirit. Does that make sense? And so for us to be effective in prayer and in supplication before God, we got to have the Holy Ghost. And for us to pray in the spirit, Paul said, I will pray in the spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. He said, he that speaketh in an unknown, unknown tongue, unknown tongue, he said, he don't speak to man, he's speaking unto God. And he edifies himself. So what I'm doing right now is the thing that's most beneficial for anybody that hears me. But when I'm by myself, he said, when you pray, get this. If you get nothing else from tonight. He said, enter into your closet. That's why I like that alone time when I'm here in the morning earlier. I get in const like in a closet. And I'm alone. And I can pour out Troy. <laughs> and I can tell him all of this stuff that bothers me and I can and I can tell him how much I long for him and I I can be myself 
in the presence of the king. And I, and I can let the Holy Ghost come on me. And I don't have to worry about what anybody thinks or says. I don't have to worry about how it sounds or may anybody else can judge me. Well, the natural man receiveth not. Well, we receive, now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Second chapter of 1 Corinthians. Which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but that which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things stand. He that spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Well, I, I wish that I had just... A, Another hour or two, and uh, I probably could have finished some of this stuff. But I knew I was going to struggle with, uh, but, you know, we don't have the, and I, I, I'm not saying this to anybody. I, I know how I am. I struggle sometimes because any little thing can rob you of a moment. Our babies, our children, and, and I ain't saying anything about it. That's fine. Children are children. Their babies are babies. And mamas and daddies stay in here and hear the word of God as much as you can glean. And if you can't, if you can't get beyond the babies and all that stuff and glean some of the word of God, shame on you. My wife used to get on to me some, you know, once in a while. Because when the girls was little and I was sitting out there and she was right. But they could have tore the building down, Brother Moore. And I want to notice, she says, you didn't see what they, I said, no, you got to help me with them, y'all. <laughs> and uh, I'm, you know, and uh, watch your babies, watch your babies. Uh, don't let them be too much of a distraction, but let God help you. There's no, there's no reason you can't glean something from the house of God every time you come. I, I hope I said something that helped somebody. Pastor Moore, see if you can fix this for them. Lord bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.